Um, just look your neighbour and say, in the same way. Okay, uh, in the same way. Look someone else and go, in the same way. In the same way is going to be our little hook for today, in the same way. Um, I'm aware that sometimes it can be hard to stick with me the whole way through. So I'm going to give you the, the, the very short version. This might be the shortest version of a sermon any of you have ever heard. Today, in various ways, trying to get to the next slide, I'm going to encourage you in your family, in your home, in your household, and I guess in other places where you maybe work or have relationships, to love each other in the same way as Christ, okay, in the same way that Jesus loves us. And I know this sounds a bit like, yeah, I know that, but we're going to explore how exciting that one is. And then also, I'm going to challenge us to love each other in the same way as each other. To stop being in relationships where it's a competition of who's winning, who's doing more, who's holding more. To start loving each other in the same way. Okay, And to actually challenge us that this whole competition way of doing relationships means that we've kind of lost already. Okay, does that make sense? So, so some practical stuff, some fun stuff, uh, some deep stuff, uh, and we'll see how we go. Uh, to start, though, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, next one, please, um, Family Fortunes, or in America, Family Feud. Okay. Um, uh, next slide. Now, John, I, I don't think this is going to work, but um, normally in PowerPoint, yeah, because my PowerPoint's quite flash, um, can you click on number uh, eight and see what happens, um, as in on the screen? Is that going to work? I probably should have checked this out. No, um, just have a chat to your neighbor while I get this sorted out. I might just put it onto my own one. Uh, your partner friend tells you that something you've done has made them upset and frustrated. Okay, your partner or your friend has told you that something you've done has made them frustrated and upset. What do you do? Okay, have a quick chat just for 30 seconds. Okay, sorry about that. Right, here we go. We're ready to go. So, Family Fortunes, if you don't know, is where you say an answer, and we'll see if it appeared in our survey, okay? So your partner, your friend, your husband, your wife tells you that something you've done has frustrated them and upset them. What do you do? Any answers? Well, Claire, not so fast. (laughs) Matt Horwood. Go to the pub. You said go to the pub. Uh, can we click number seven, John, please? Oh, oh. I knew I shouldn't have relied on technology. Here we go, right there. So. Yay! Ignore it! You said ignore it. Our survey said you're on your own. Anyone else? Claire, darling, I will let you answer. List the things. <laughs> That the partner friend has done. Okay. John, can you click number one? (laughs) Compete with it. You think I'm bad? You're bad. Okay, okay. Uh, Any other answers? Yeah, Sam Bailey. Ask them what it is. Uh, John, click number eight. You hear it? Yeah. Yeah, we don't do that, really. It's just a church answer. <coughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Some people might. It's where we're going to try and get to. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. Miss McDougall. Cry. Get defensive. Click number six. Cry to stop it. Cry is a weapon. We love that one. Yeah, Katie, when it's at the back. 
Say sorry. Yeah, that's not on mine. <laughs> sorry, it's not. Elena, you're wrong. Uh, number t- four, please. Attack back. Oh, oh. If I attack back, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, Lily. Yeah, so, so that's sort of a bit like compete with it, yeah? So that's sort of same as mummy, but, you know, clearly it's a genetic thing. Okay. So. Andy. Say it again. Tut and roll your eyes. Number three, please. Minimize it. Here we go again. Okay. Anyone else? Anyone else? Can we get the full board, Cornerstone Church? John Bancroft. Make a note of it to use it again. Uh, I mean, that's next level play. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll click on number five. It's not strictly true, but number five is sort of deflect from it, but log it. I'm going to use that later. I'll, 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 that's a stretch, but yeah, but no, it's a good one. Uh, one more to get, one more to get. We've already kind of said it a bit, really, but uh, click number two. Blame them. Well, I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't done this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did really well, didn't we? <laughs> Some of you are going, this is the easiest question I've ever had to answer <laughs> at, at Cornerstone. Uh, the sad fact is, the sad fact is, I think it is common in many of our relationships at work, at home, in our families, with our loved one, that we don't love in the same way that Christ loves. There are lots of reasons why not. And at the start of a talk like this, I'm aware some of you rightly will sit there and go, but you've got no idea, Paddy. And I don't. I, I don't know all of your families. And, and if this comes across as sort of at any point light or surface level, and you're like, we're way past that, you, you might be, and we want to encourage you to seek help, seek prayer. Um, therapy has helped a lot of people in our church, sort of couples therapy. It's important to get a good couples therapist, ideally someone that shares faith and values as well. But, but just want to encourage you in that. If you're sat there going, you've got no idea, I don't. Uh, secondly, if you've met me in the last few weeks to talk about family life, I haven't used any of those conversations in my stuff today. I wouldn't do that. That would be really immoral. Um, so please don't think that he's like, he got that from me. Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't. But, but, but it, we're going to talk about how this is so destructive, isn't it? Have any of you ever been in like a, a situation where this is all that's going on? And it just gets you, doesn't it? It's interesting because we're going through 1 Peter at the moment, and 1 Peter is all about living as Christians in a world of conflict and pain. And it's kind of a bit weird because there's all this big stuff about who we are and who God is and our identity. Then suddenly it kind of flicks to this domestic scene. But, But Peter knows, in one sense, if the home is where the heart is, it's important that we get our hearts right at home. Does that make sense? And that also when the world is brutal... If it's not careful, we can bring it back to our own homes, can't we? And then our homes become quite brutal. So we're going to talk about in the same way, uh, loving each other as Christ um, and, and loving each other not this way. So what well for joining in. Uh, John, next slide, please. Thank you. Um, let's just hear from God's word. Um, I'm going to read this. I'd encourage you to have it near you. Uh, women, I'm going to ask you the question at the end of this bit of reading. How do you feel uh, about this passage? I'm going to ask the women. Here we go. 1 Peter uh, 3, verse 1 to 9. 
Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles or the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is is of great worth in God's sight. But this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Passage, some of you are going, huh, why did he pick that? That's because it's in the Bible, and we go through the books of the Bible, and we don't want to skip stuff that's hard sometimes to talk about. But here's a question, uh, John, if we put the question up. Women, how do you feel hearing this bit of the Bible. Have a little chat together just for 30 seconds uh, with those around you. Men, just listen. Just listen to the women around you. Okay, just listen. Don't, don't say anything back, just listen. Ask the women, how do you feel about this? Okay, just quickly. Here we go. It's a joke! It's a joke! Hey, look, look, right? In my prep for this, there were two ways I could go. One filled me with terror, one was, I'm going to try and keep it light when I can, with some heavy stuff to say. It's a joke, it's a joke. (laughs) Women, how do you feel hearing this passage? Just instant thoughts. It's sexist. Sexist. Sam? find it very challenging in a kind of it riles you yeah yeah Yeah. Helen okay okay interesting and there's no right I'm interested because this is how you're feeling when you encounter the passage Uh, yeah uh, a weaker okay interesting okay and some challenging things in terms of um, yeah how we love in a way that's really honouring obviously you know undergone in the household interesting Okay. Although some women would say, I don't want to be treated like this. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you, you are right. We're going to get there. Uh, Rebecca, yeah? Okay. Okay, interesting. Okay. Okay, interesting. Can I say, it's lovely working, because some of you are like doing the lip purse thing. It's like, <laughs> I'm loving that. Uh, and that's just the men. Um, <laughs> uh, B? That's the weaker partner. Yeah, yeah. 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 Especially when you live with sometimes weak men. We all heard it, B. We all. He- no, no. Um, just, and I'm, I'm not going to duck it. Um, uh, it's interesting in the original language. Um, sometimes translation was weaker vessel. Uh, some people talk a bit about. Um, 
is is Peter here referring to sort of um, physicality and the kind of um, uh, reproduction kind of differences between men and women and how that affects life? Uh, so in our culture, women who um, have to stop work to raise children or, or give birth to children, that can hold them back, and some people would say that. Um, I, I think we have to acknowledge that this is written at a time when there was a view that, that male was strong, and in Roman culture it was hard, and it was good to be hard and firm, and that women were soft. And in fact, some of the language around sexuality, um, it didn't matter if you were a guy that, that engaged in same-sex activities, as long as you were the active partner, if you received, you became soft or weak. That was some of the kind of language that was around. That, that w- what mattered was being male and strong, and, and it's there in the culture. And as we come to a passage like this, we want to be aware of that. It's interesting that there's a range of views that some are going, I hate this, and some are going, oh, I can see some of it, and some are saying we like it. Um, What's really interesting is the danger of reading this without having heard one and two, where we were all chosen people, royal priests, holy nation. Women, that doesn't stop applying because of this chapter. Um, And we must read this in light of that, that that God has said you are equals together. Um, Later on, just in case you're really thinking I'm stretching it, um, just listen to this. Um, Verse 7, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you do with the wives and treat them with respect to the weaker partner and as heirs with you. So weaker yet heirs as well. There's something interesting going on here. But um, just really quickly then, because we need to go through this. And and if you have questions or or have been hurt in the past, um, John, let's let's flick through. How is it relevant today? How do you understand it? Let's let's keep going. Uh, Next one. Unhelpful approaches to this passage. Number one, if you just read it plain and says, yeah, just do everything it says. Women are weak and should stop wearing makeup. That would be an unhelpful approach to this passage. So that would be either a very plain reading, but with no culture behind it at all. And yet some people sadly use scripture that way. It takes it out from its own letter. It takes it out from its context. It's not what it's trying to say. Another unhelpful approach would be just ignore everything it says. It's clearly from a time where weak men were making stuff up. That's an equally unhelpful approach. Uh, some people would say that's a cultural reading and we get to dismiss it. That's not how the Bible should be used. If you want to engage in challenging passages. Uh, the third one, which is an unhelpful approach, is I hate everything it says. It's calling me weak and we should make it shut up. Uh, that would be an unhelpful approach as well. That's not rooted anywhere in culture or in script. That's in us and our culture and our emotions. These would be unhelpful uh, approaches. What we want to try and do, John, next slide if we can... Um, is recognise there is a gap, which is interpretation, between the text and us as a reader now. Uh, we read this rightly through some development in culture that has allowed us to challenge some of the sort of sexist and misogynistic approaches that have been there through history. That's good to challenge. In Eden, God equally loves Adam and Eve. Both Adam and Eve are both made in the image of God, which means that maleness and femaleness are found somehow in the identity of God, that, that you're there equally. That, that you are co-heirs together with Christ, men and women, that Jesus radically used women in his ministry, that, that, that God's used women to do all kinds of mighty things. They are the witnesses to the resurrection and to the cross at a time where you wouldn't write that because a woman's testimony was not as valid as a man's. But we need to do a bit of work with that and be aware of that and also be aware that just because our world feels more modern doesn't mean it's better. Some of you are already starting to go. There are some principles here. If I could raise women to have an inner beauty that they're confident in, that would be good. Our modern world has forgotten that, right? Secondly, the world of the Bible, the world today is very different. And also what the author meant and what the text says and what we read needs a bit of work. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how we do this. But I just want to be aware of that. Let's get to the heart of this passage, John, if we keep going. Um, 
the help we get is from God, the Holy Spirit, who hopefully speaks to us. And that, that means that we need to challenge ourselves. And I will challenge you, if you're someone who goes, that's sexist, don't just dismiss this. Don't dismiss this. There's some really beautiful things here. Uh, John, let's go. Here we go. Um, keep going. Let's, let's get that on. Here we go. Um, how do we get, though, beyond weak? Can I just really encourage you, um, speaking to women especially, but, but here is the mind-blowing bit that Peter has talked about when it came to women's role in the home and in the church. Right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whiz through it, but um, I'll put the slides up um, on the website and on Facebook later. Um, 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priest of the holy nation. Women, you have the same identity in Christ as men. Right? That was radical at the time. We don't see the radical. We go, of course I do. Of course I do. Back then, that was mind-blowing. Women weren't able to be educated at the same level theologically, and yet this is the Christian claim. Uh, secondly, they have the same role as Jesus. 1 Peter 2, uh, 21 to 24 uh, says this. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hold insults at him, he did not retaliate. Verse 3, 1, wives in the same way. In the same way. Women are being told, you are called to the highest calling possible, which is to love your husband in the way Christ loved humanity. What a responsibility. What a call. What a privilege. Some of you are going, you haven't sold it to me yet. And yet the call of the Christian is to be Christ-like, right? This is what this passage says. Uh, it says we have the same role as priest. Is it important, this passage? Just here's a quick question for you. What does it say about the husbands that they're living with? Have a quick look. Have a quick look. 1 Peter 3.1. What does it say about the husbands they're living with? Is that important in this passage? Have a quick look together. You're doing really well. What's important about the husbands they're living with? Any ideas? What does it say about the husbands they're living with? Their husbands might be unbelieving. They're not believers. Why is that stupendous and ridiculous to think about? Like, Why is that an amazing thing? What does that show about these women? What does it show about these women? They've made up their own minds about faith, right? In Roman law, it was a household code. You did what the husband said, and you followed the religion of the home. Okay? These women have independently come to God and come to faith, and they're being challenged to live as missionaries in that position. All right? What a high calling to act as priests to bring people to God. Secondly, just really quickly with this, in Rome and in Greek thought, Christians were being accused of tearing the fabric of society apart because it was a radical way of living. And women had this incredible role in worship and in church where they could speak out and pray. And Peter partly is trying to protect the church from accusations that the Christians are ripping things apart. He's saying live in a way where they can't accuse you of it and where you bring out beauty from where you are. Does that change things a little bit maybe? For some, not so much. But it's there. Same loving God, uh, 1 Peter 3, 4. Uh, rather, it should be the inner self, the unfading beauty of a quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Women who had no value in culture being told that God values you with great worth. Same hope in God, same flawed husbands. I love the example from Abraham. And some of you go, I'm not going to call my guy Lord. No way. Actually, none of you would do that because that was awful. But like, he was flawed. He lied. He messed up. He covered up. 
And this example for the Jewish women, they know that. Passed them off as sisters a bit. Same heroic vocation, this, this role, 1 Peter 3, 6. Um, if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Same call to not fear, to be bold, to be world changers. And the same challenge as men, finally, all of you. All of you. But to acknowledge that you're not the same as men and don't have to be. We live in a culture that's trying to break down the, the, the descriptions of men and women in a way that I think is unhelpful. There is a givenness about maleness and femaleness that is, that is important to acknowledge and hold on to. I want to love people and value people that are struggling in that, but there is a givenness to our maleness and femaleness. And I want masculinity to be, to be as broad as possible. I don't want it to be narrow. I don't want it to be like a rugby-playing alpha male. I want it to be broad, like Jesus was. And I want femininity to be a broad, as broad as possible. I don't want girls who are playing sport to be bullied about that and be told, you're a butch bloke. I want it to be broad. But there's a, a given this. So it's important to recognize that. Does that make sense to you kind of with me? And once again, some of you might disagree, and you're welcome to disagree and come and, and speak to me about it. But, but in the beginning, when God says, I made them male and female, that there was a complementarity to it. Suddenly not so weak, is it? Are you kind of with this? I know it's kind of hot. And we're coming. It's not, not suddenly so simple. It's not just about your weak, do this. Uh, John, just if we move on really quick. Thank you. How might women here, having been told their true identity in Christ, having been told they are to save their husbands by their actions, having been told they serve a loving God, not a judgmental world, and that they can choose to serve like Christ rather than being forced to, change how we feel about this passage. Might it change the way we come to it? I don't know. I, women, I'm not here to force you to, but might it? Is this easy? No. <laughs> Can I force you to? No, Stella, yeah. Sort of encouraged. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Next one, John. Let me just say this. When we love the undeserving and the unhearing and the stubborn and the cowardly and the proud and the inconsistent and the absent and the dirty, when we wash their feet and love them to the end, more than they know, deserve or give back to us, we are never more Christ-like than at that moment. That's Jesus at the Last Supper. Some of you go, what's the point of my marriage? What am I even doing here? And this is not an excuse for abuse, and it's not an excuse to let someone dominate or break covenant with you. But you are never more Christ-like than when you're loving in that sacrificial way. And that gives huge value and worth, doesn't it, to some of the hardest stuff we do. Does that make sense? I'm not saying it's easy, and I can't, as a man, say to you, go and do this. I want to encourage us to not just go, this is sexist, I'm dismissing it. It's got some powerful things to say. Our culture does not do relationships well. I love psychology in lots of ways. It does not seem to help us figure out how to do great relationships. The world is still struggling in that area. So, um, there's some thoughts. Right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, love in the same way as Christ has loved you uh, would be the challenge to women. Men, here we go. And I'm running out of time. But um, weaker partners and heirs, love them in the same way. How does weaker partner and heir work together? A co-heir with you is not weaker. A co-heir has the same rights as you. Has the same inheritance as you has the same uh, promises as you, has the same family relationship as you. It's interesting he puts them both together. He's trying to say there's a difference, but that you're the same. Let me just say something really, really quickly. Men, have you ever gone, I wish I could have their life. 
having a go at me about my work and being away and not, not helping around the house. I wish I could have their... They don't do half the things that I do. Have any of you ever done that? Ren, raise your hands, if that's you. They don't know how tough it is at my job. I've had a really long day. I'm so tired. Darling, why is everything a mess? Because I've been out of work as well. But you should have fixed everything. Like, the, the part of my challenge is, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, Claire, you need to do exactly what I do. I should acknowledge the difference between us. And I should acknowledge the huge amounts that she does that's different to what I do. It's amazing how much more I value what I do and how little I value someone else if I don't see them as someone to be loved and cared for. Are you kind of with me? Some of you? Uh, let's, let's keep going, uh, John. We're nearly there, you guys. Love in the same way that Christ has loved you. You are the weaker partner, men, in the relationship that Christ has with you. You are the weaker partner. So love as Christ has loved you. Men, how many of you are going, I just need God's grace again this week. My goodness, I've fallen short of the promises of things I said I was going to do. I need that. I need forgiveness for this week, for that thing I said when I was stressed. It wasn't even about the kids. It was about something else. I just took it out on them again. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I need your compassion for that time I was cruel. I didn't mean to be cruel, but I'm tired. I'm tired of just not tired physically. And it's the code I use. I'm a bit bored and a bit frustrated. But but Christ, I need you to forgive me for that. You are the weaker partner in that, and Jesus lavishes love on you to bring you out of that. Does that make sense? Are you kind of with me? I hate that women read this and go, I'm not the weaker partner because of how we've made you feel and that you've had to be strong and justify your existence to us because we can dominate sometimes physically, emotionally, and practically. And I hate that's the reaction that that means this Bible passage is read with. I, I, I confess that. I'm, I'm part of the problem as well. And this isn't me being awoke and like, Ugh. this is the curse. At the beginning of Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve fell, there was enmity, like problems in their relationship. That's part of the curse. This is biblical, biblical truth, that the relationship between Adam and Eve was broken. It became a competition, and there was pain. And your desire will be for him, but he will rule over you. This is not wokeism. This is from the very beginning of creation. It's part of the curse. And I can undo the curse in my home when I don't live like that and I live according to the Spirit. You, you kind of with me, men? And men, I want to encourage you to stand up and be strong in this because I delegate my role in my home spiritually to my wife more than I should. And she's carrying it for the both of us. And we can all make excuses for it, but I want to encourage you. Let's keep going really quickly through. Um, I love the what it says, be considerate here. And, and I'm not going to be able to do this in as much detail as I wanted to because of time. But um, what does it mean to be considerate? I want to be considerate about women's health issues. Men, have you ever gone, oh, but she's on her period. I can't negotiate with terrorists. What's the point? I don't get hormonal at all. Men, raise your hands. On the flip side, and teens, I apologize. It's been a long time since we were intimate together. She doesn't understand my physical needs. She doesn't understand what it's like when I've got this idea in my head about wanting to get naked. <laughs> I didn't hear it, but no. Uh, really, really quick, really quick. 
Um, we can't have it both ways. We can't have it both ways. We have to understand each other's bodies and our minds and our chemistry and our physiology. Um, speak to Joe if you want to find out a bit more about hormonal balances and all those kind of things. Be considerate. Be considerate about our differences as men and women. Now, speak to Jo, because she really feels it each month. And, uh, uh, be considerate about differences. Be, be considerate about the fact that as a man, I'm different to my wife. And be considerate about that. And that just because she sees things differently doesn't mean that she's in the wrong. The man says, I just wish she thought like me. That would be carnage. <laughs> I would be here naked. <laughs> considerate about work and home life. We live in a modern culture where things have changed. Be considerate about that. Be really considerate about your hours. Keep track of it. Keep track of how much work you're bringing home, both emotionally, physically, and psychologically. And be considerate about your faith role. Consider the differences here. Uh, John, move on. I'm going to finish here. I'll stop. Finally, all of you, in the same way, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. What would it look like if this is what your home, work, or household looked like? Just, just picture that for a second. Is that something you'd love? Would that be life-changing? Would that be empowering? Would that be healing? Would that be possibly world-changing? If we just did that? Are you, are you with me? I want to do big things for God. But before I do big things for God, I need to do the things that he's told me to do first, which is this, in my house, with my wife, with my kids, with my work colleagues, with my friends, with my church. This, in the same way as Christ did. Empowered by the Spirit, loved by the Father, but this. I have a hundred excuses not to, um, one second, I have a hundred excuses not to, but I have a greater calling to do it. Matt, yeah, briefly. Yeah. And as Christians, we're told to put our roots into the sort of the water of God. They're sort of healing. Uh, Joe, can you come up? Sorry, I've um, gone over time. Um, I, I just want to give us a time to be still and quiet. Um, I know some of you kind of, I don't even answer that passage still. What's he done there? I, I want to encourage us. There's this high calling in the same way that Christ has loved us to go and love others. Um, to do that, not as a competition. Um, I just want to encourage us in that and challenge us in that.